Hi everyone. After a long time, it's me Sanchi and today I'm here with our beloved returning guest, Steph. Hi Steph. Hi. You must have heard Steph before in our All About Cartoons Part 1 and one of our Sex Ed episodes, which I think was one of my favorite episodes, Steph. Mm, yeah, same. It was really interesting and sort of brought up a lot of nostalgic memories like uh Tom and Jerry and so on and so forth. Yeah, and to recapture this nostalgic feeling, we are back again and we're going to talk about cartoons. So Steph, I'd mm-hmm. like to start talking to you about you know something that we have in common that we both like and that's Avatar. Mhm. Hell yeah. <laughs> mm. So, anyone who who isn't aware, like, first of all, go watch it. What are you doing with your life? Second, actually, okay, I'm going to summarize it in the format of the actual intro uh, opening of the show itself. Long ago, the four nations lived together in harmony. Then everything changed when the Fire Nation attacked. Only the Avatar, master of all four elements, could stop him. But when the world needed him most, he vanished. A hundred years passed, and the Water tribe discovered a new avatar, an Airbender named Aang. And although his Airbending skills are great, he has a lot to learn before he's ready to save anyone. But I believe Aang can save the world. Down, 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 down. That was word perfect, Steph. So tell me how when was the first time you watched Avatar and what was your feeling when you watched it? I I first started watching it when I was about maybe 9 or 10 I think and pretty much just like pretty pretty much there are two types of nostalgic things like one is something nostalgic you liked but didn't really age well or nostalgic that you liked that gets better when you return to it. So essentially when i was young is sort of the stereotype like the thing of like only being there for like the action and the funny moments and all that stuff but uh then coming back to it later as a teenager and an adult and seeing like more of the general sort of well-writtenness of the characters and the dynamic elements and uh it's just really well done for all ages i started watching it just a few months back so i didn't really get the whole experience of watching it as a child but when i saw it as an adult all i could think of was wow this is so well made yeah what are your favorite characters in that i mean of course i love every character but if you do so then tell me why you love each character mm. yeah like same however my main two favorites are soccer and toff like uh <laughs> uh soccer because like he's like the a the sarcasm and meat guy but also like for some reason like younger me really liked characters who were like the butt of jokes that sort of kept getting sort of like comically sort of shat upon basically like literally like one of my favorite moments was in this one episode where there's this uh, fortune teller lady and all of the villagers were like oh well this fortune teller has never been wrong before even though there's evidence that she may be wrong this time can your science explain why it rains and soccer is like yes yes it can and e- like yes because even though science can explain why it rains 
everyone else, like all the other villagers just treated him like he, like his point has no value. And so that just ended him being like super angry about that. And that was really funny. I also love Sokka. One reason I really like Sokka is because, you know, he's a non-bender, but he's shown to be so powerful. Hmm. Yeah. In fact, yeah, on a similar note, uh, I've recently watched or re-watched Korra with my dad, which is the sequel series. And uh, yeah, another really interesting thing they do there, both with Sokka and Asami, one of the other characters, is that they're really good at making non-benders relevant. So like, even in this world where people have awesome superpowers, like, you could still realistically be a normal bloke and still be relevant. Yeah, and and coming to Toph, oh my god, Toph is such a wonderful character, like she's so strong. Mm, yeah, she's a little badass. Yeah. And and she's like blind, so it's like, you know, disability representation. Mm, yeah, and yeah, and also sort of secondary to that sort of, uh, like despite being the sort of, you know, badass, like, it, like for lack of a better word, the strong independent woman who don't need no man sort of, uh, element at the same time it's also in a strange way has a sort of her her character has some commentary on uh, the sort of toxic elements of always being on your own and having to having to sort of overly prove yourself like this one episode like like in the episode when she meets with Iroh, and when Iroh offers her tea, she instantly goes, yeah, 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 like, fuck you, I can make my own tea. And so Iroh had to explain, like, no, it's not because you're a girl or that you're small or that I think you're weak, it's because I made you tea because I wanted to and for no other reason. So, uh, sort of a good element of showing, like, you can be strong, but also it's good to be open as well, to some degree. Yeah. I, I love that episode. In fact, I think like, you know, the first time Iroh meets the gang and Toph is just like, hey, I know this guy. We had tea. Yeah, that was a really great mo- moment when they reunited at Ba Sing Se. I, and and, and Ba Sing Se, I mean, okay, the Earth Kingdom is a really weird place, right? Like you have Ba Sing Se where you have, you know, the whole um, Dai Li being like the secret mafia. And then for some reason you have Omashu who has a king. Why do they have a king when the entire king of the Earth Kingdom is in Ba Sing Se? Like, what are your theories hmm. about Omashu having a king? And that king being Bumi? I mean, hmm, I, suggest, I, I guess like one of two ideas. One is that maybe King Bumi is actually royalty. Or, or the second more likely uh, idea is that the Earth Kingdom is so huge that it is basically physically impossible for one person to govern all of it so it could be that Bumi was some sort of uh, that he was specifically handpicked by the king or any other authority figures at the time to rule over that specific state in in accordance with the king's wishes okay good Hmm. theories yeah and also on that note uh, for any other fans who are listening I highly recommend YouTuber Hello Future Me, who does a lot of writing-based uh, video essays, like writing characters and magic systems and so on. And uh, he does a really, uh, he does a bunch of really good Avatar videos. So yeah. Oh wow! I got a new recommendation as well. <laughs> mhm. Yeah. 
so what else do you like about the series i mean i can go on and on about it but like you tell me what you like about it mm i mean yeah like pretty much like lots of things like the characters are really funny and they have good chemistry but also uh it, but also it really does this good thing of being very believable when it goes between comedy or serious moments and all of that's really well done and uh i guess on a on a more sort of uh Oh, on a more subtle note is the point that uh, the different bending styles are modeled off of off of real life martial arts movements so like uh, the firebenders are based on shaolin kung fu and uh, the airbenders are based on bagua which is uh, similar to tai chi because it's a more sort of uh, gentle evasive form of fighting which works with the airbenders because in the show they are pacifist nomads although i mean although here's the thing they keep saying they're pacifist but they do fight like the like which is a little bit odd but i mean for the purposes of the story it's all right because it's still a great story but yeah so that's interesting and uh fenders are based on uh hangar kung fu which i actually studied a while ago really yeah so how was that experience for you it was really it was really interesting like um i mean pretty much that um that usually like when you see a lot of action in film and tv it's like oh well like sort of a strike like to borrow a quote from a show, a show film that i've also seen recently a sort of strike first strike hard no mercy however uh, an underrated element of martial arts is sort of the internal um aspects like not even internal necessarily as in a spiritual philosophical idea but sort of like specific techniques for breathing or positioning your hips that can generate um uh more stability or more strength so that's all really like it like it's surprisingly difficult but um uh it's definitely worth it definitely sounds sounds a bit like you hmm. yeah definitely so what is like okay so you remember that one episode in which you know ang is sleep deprived i mean because he's having nightmares and one of his mm-hmm. nightmares he's like you know the fire lord oza is there and he's like ang you have no pants and ang is <laughs> like no fire lord oza you have no pants and then he has no pants i, <laughs> I and then he sees appa and momo fighting that was hilarious <laughs> Yes, that was fun. Like literally like when I was a kid when I saw that episode, I was repeating the Chakra Sandwiches song basically ad nauseum for a few days. <laughs> And it was like, "Oh, my royal bits are showing." <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. I, I love this series, man. And mm. it it's got it's got a really great story arc like even when you like talk about well of course we talk about zuko mhm he has such a well developed arc right like when you think at the end of season 2 okay he's going to be with the gang now and he just like betrays them and you're just like oh zuko why mm, yeah like just yes uh and like the brilliant thing is that uh pretty much like although yes zuko's redemption arc is done really really well and it's all well set up and everything it's still done in a way where every single choice he makes is believable like 
he came from this abusive household where he was really put down and pressured to be better than he actually then well not better than he actually is but uh better in specific ways without being nurtured and cared for and uh and so sort of because he was he was conditioned his whole life to believe oh well i'm worthless unless i'm worth anything in the eyes of my father then it makes sense that he would betray his own happiness in in service of his father's when azula sees if he's ready to join with him because he's like well my entire life i have been sacrificing my happiness for someone else so I kind of have to because he didn't see that there was any other way to achieve to achieve self-fulfillment outside of his father. Yeah, and and one more thing I really like about this whole thing is you know that Azula and Zuko, you can look at them and you're like, yeah, they are siblings, you know, the way they behave. Hmm. Yeah. And uh I mean yeah, yes, like you can tell that. However, at the same time, in a, uh, it's also an interesting reflection on the parents themselves. Like seeing the characters of Zuko and Azula kind of um, implicitly tell you things about Ursa and uh, Mark Hamill, <laughs> uh, pretty, like this ruthless, backstabbing, cold, calculating, efficient warrior basically and whereas Zuko it sort of grows up to be like sort of the victim role in the family kind of like how Ursa it's not said in the show but implied in the comics that basically Ursa was in a forced marriage to Mark Hamill Fire Lord so <laughs> so it, as a result it makes sense oh well Zuko kept on getting bullied by Azula basically all the time kind of in the way that um, that Mark Hamill was the overbearing force in Ursa's life where she was powerless and had no choice in the matter. You know, the, you keep on saying Mark Hamill and all I can think about is how the entire, you know, Agni Kai scene reflects, it's, 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 isn't it like reverse Vader if you get what I'm trying to say? Yeah, like in fact, literally like in an interview, uh, Dante Basco, the voice of Zuko, like, uh, like when he was talking about Spoiler alert, when he was talking about the scene when Zuko betrays Fire Lord Mark Hamill in the Day of Black Sun, he actually says flat out like it felt like a very sort of Luke Vader moment. So yeah, that was really neat. Yeah, and like Mark Hamill gets to be Luke and Vader because you know he was Luke and here he's Vader, so Yeah. Yeah, I just uh carrying on the royal bloodline of the warlords. <laughs> And like I don't feel anything in the story was rushed because I think they spent a lot of time in Basing Se. Hmm. Yeah. Feels so cohesive, really. Like I'm either I'm pretty sure that all of the seasons had equal number or near equal number of episodes. So uh, yeah, makes sense. You want to talk more about Avatar because I know that there are more cartoons we can talk about. A uh, little more on Avatar. Um, okay, let's see. Um, ah, uh, there was one thing. I uh, lost my train of thought. Um, maybe we'll talk about some different shows. So, uh, I guess before I go on, uh, any other shows uh, you want to talk about? Or any particular nostalgic 
animated shows i don't know if it this counts as animation but there used to be this show i used to watch as a child called bram yes yes <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes oh <laughs> uh, yeah like not animation but still you know in uh, yeah this could be like a little tangent on sort of live action children's entertainment as well maybe like uh Yeah, like I just remember there was a lot like there was a lot of driving racing or well not racing but like there was a lot of driving moments. But yeah, that was neat. For the listeners who don't know what Bram is, Bram is basically this uh, British children show where um the protagonist is a car, a living car for you know a lack of a better word, like a car with a soul kind of a thing. Mhm. and the car just goes around town you know having adventures and everyone loves the car and okay now i now that i think about it this sounds like it was written by a stoner <laughs> i mean I, i wouldn't put it past you actually because the thing like like i could be misremembering but when i was a kid i remembered that brum's headlight eyes looked very distinctly like Yeah. Of, uh, like they like they looked so real that you sort of had like but it was also like one of those like kind of like a, like the children's show equivalent of a Rorschach twet test where like yes you can see eyes but you can also see very realistic headlights. So yeah. Yeah, his eyes were the headlights. Yeah. And yeah, I guess that's sort of the default for sentient cars in fiction in general, really. Like that you what how does that quote go headlights are the windows to the soul <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe it like I don't know anybody else other than you who I know who has actually seen Bram so my entire life I was just thinking oh was it a fever dream I've made up in my head <laughs> mm. uh uh I guess while we're talking about british tv shows have you seen big, big cook little cook No what's that Uh, it's sort of a children's cooking show where it's about this giant cook and this uh, tiny little uh, small cook, and the tiny small cook goes off on his broom, on his flying broom, to go to different uh, sort of documentary-filmed areas of like where certain ingredients are made, and you learn a little bit about that. and then he comes back with the ingredients and then they show you how to make whatever they're making on the episode and uh, and whenever they finish cooking uh, the wrap up phrase is like what do we do now can we play not yet time to clean and put away hooray <laughs> interesting i don't know it's like kids shows can be very educational but they can also be things to watch when you're high yeah Yeah, like uh, it's very yeah, it's very interestingly surreal in lots of ways. Yeah, for all the listeners out there, do not do drugs, kids. It's bad. Mm-hmm. But read uh, surreal literature. That also feels the same way. Mm-hmm. Uh, crack is whack. Okay, I think that's done. Uh, that's done. Uh, so yeah, um, day in drugs. Don't go. Don't do school. And I swear to high, I'm not Gottman. I guess uh, Pippin. Did you have Pippin? No. Ah, uh, it was sort of a children's uh, documentary series, and the gimmick was that this was this old lady would go around to places with her little 
dog basically uh-huh Sean the sheep uh, I-, I saw a little bit of it but um like literally only one episode and then it went to the back of my mind forever <laughs> I rather like Sean the sheep like the style reminds me a bit of Wallace and Gromit which I liked a lot physically yeah that's what it reminds me of too hmm yeah uh, also one of my favorite lines is if I can't have your body I can still bag your body okay <laughs> I do not recall this but oh, okay, uh, so that was me... in the curse of the wear rabbit okay hmm in india at least we've had like this evolution of cartoons over the ages like when i was young and now when i'm not so young and in that we have seen that there's like this sort of a shift like now we have cartoons that are based that have their roots in indian folk stories or in indian like religion based stories and like we have this cartoon called roll number 21 which is basically like what if this one certain god was like a kid and he was in a school and his nemesis was the principal mm. yeah. yeah that's yeah that's very cool yeah and that's like uh, a, yeah yeah and then there's this other show we have called chhota bheem and it's basically like we have this epic called the mahabharata and one of the characters in that is this strong guy called bheem so now they're just like This is the premise of the show is what if Bhim was a child and like Laddus. Laddus is basically like mm-hmm. an Indian desert. Yeah, neat. So, mm-hmm. do you have you seen wow. this kind of evolution in your cartoons? Um, not spe- I mean, not in a religious context, but um I guess now that you mention it, uh in a more historical context, I guess, is that um in the 19 50s I think there was like a brief um a sort of industrial age sort of boom I think so I guess going back to the other British live action shows that we were talked about a lot of them were sort of um based on like the working like the factories and the farmers and the sort of tertiary sector jobs and sort of in- integrating that to show a sort of um appreciation for the working class to a degree like or i'm sure there's something there and i <laughs> that's that's a really cool thing i don't think i've ever heard about that before but you know uh, now yeah. that i'm thinking about surreal stuff have you seen teletubbies yes oh god right <laughs> I I don't remember like all of the main parts but basically like they would like walk around frolicking in the fields very gaily and uh then at random they would the camera would close up into their little TV uh bellies the TVs on their bellies and then it would show whatever film is inside their bellies and then they just go around sort of uh, playfully frolicking again <laughs> Yeah, and Tinky Winky had a purse. Oh, I didn't remember that. Each of them had one of these accessories. So Tinky Winky had a purse, Dipsy had a hat, and I forgot what Lala and Po had. But yeah, the purse and the hat. Wow. And they oh, had yeah. this vacuum cleaner. Uh okay, I vaguely remember the vacuum cleaner, but um yeah, otherwise pretty much the most I can remember is most of the colors and also that the green hill looked a lot like the um 
like the sort of like the sort of old computer background of the blue sky and the green hill like i'm talking like windows uh, xp yes windows xp era field basically and the sun was a baby mm-hmm. yeah I, uh, i remember that that was um weird do you know that the baby who was the sun is grown up and has a child of her own oh i mean uh neat like i i suppose it makes logical sense that the baby would go on to have a baby it's still weird though because you can see the baby in the sky as a sun on a tv show uh, oh how so so the baby sun's baby no no, no 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 oh. <laughs> only the original baby there's only one baby who's the sun okay uh one baby to rule them all yes Mhm. So, oh, I guess uh okay, another thing like on the sort of children's uh like sort of weirder area. Do you know rubber dubbers? No, what oh. that? Okay, so basically um it is basically this um this children's uh stop stop motion animation. Haha, <laughs> bringing it back. Um it's mm-hmm. so this this stop motion animation about a bunch of um sort of bathroom items like there's a rubber duck and uh other related things sort of aquatic like and uh the reason I bring it up is purely because a lot of people say like the baby shark is like the most sort of recognizable memeable like you know like baby shark do 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 baby shark do 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 and so on however in my opinion that song should have been the rubber dubbers theme because it's basically here come the rubber dubbers splish splash splish splosh here come the rubber dubbers splish splash splosh and then there's more but basically that's the funniest bit of it so, yeah. so, you're, so you're telling me that this baby shark song did not spawn from the gates of hell but is actually from a cartoon tv show for kids i suppose those aren't necessarily mutually exclusive Fair point. I have a confession to make though. I love the Baby Shark song. Mm-hmm. We all have our guilty pleasures and that is mine. Yeah, like I I like this ironically. No, I actually like it. I mean there's a shark and it's a baby and singing. I mean, I don't know. Simple things in life, you know. Look for True. the bare necessities. The simple bare necessities. Don't worry about your troubles and your slacking. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. I, yeah, that sort of like economical storytelling through song. That's really neat. Uh actually nuts. That reminds me. Another YouTuber recommend re- recommendation is Steven Crozek and uh on his video about Pirates of the Caribbean which I really recommend. Basically, one something he said was that action scenes in action films uh, should be like musical scenes in musicals, in that the actual music itself sort of advances the story. So the action should also advance the story, and that's the main uh, that's the main ideal aspect of good action slash music in cinema, basically. That does make a lot of sense. Yeah. Oh, and uh bringing back to animation again. Uh he's also uh he's also been working on his own independently made animated show as well, which is really neat called Fist Master. 
Ah, when and where is it available? Uh, it's on YouTube, and um, basically, it, it's sort of an odd. Like, what happened was he made the first two episodes on his own, but then cut. But then cuts to a few years later, and um, he then collab. Coll- he he then became a part of this other YouTube channel called Team Four Star. And so, because he, uh, Team Four Star is a sort of bigger YouTube organization, they would be able to throw more money at the project. So basically, uh, he got to remake the first couple of episodes of Fistmaster. So like, there's two different versions of the pilot and second episode, basically. I think that's cool. Yeah, very. Yeah, and uh, it's really funny and. Uh, action-packed and uh, neat, and also uh, for any Rick and Morty fans, like uh, the, like the the, the main uh, not the main character, but like the main mentor figure is sort of this uh, sardonic, cynical. Basically, if Rick got really into kung fu, that's basically, <laughs> and if he was blind as well, but also really into kung fu, which is super powerful. So yeah, that is something I really don't want to imagine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the possibility is like so much craziness. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> An interesting th- uh, sort of opinion piece that I have come to recently, well, by recently around last year, is I think some of the Disney uh, show spin offs are better than the films that they are based on in a lot of ways like oh. uh, like uh, have you seen tangled i have seen tangled yeah and like that was a pretty fun pretty decent film and uh you know it was fun it hit all of the good romantic notes and the drama and so on and so forth and uh in a way sort of the tangled tv show which you can see Okay, here's before I carry on. The first season is on Disney Plus. However, none of the others, at least not in the UK, which sucks because I know 100% sure that the entire Tangled series finished. Like, there's more than one season. However, they're not in the UK, so I'm getting withdrawal symptoms, man. <laughs> but yeah, basically, the Tangled series is really, really awesome. Like, it sort of fleshes out Rapunzel herself a lot more. And also her friendship with, um, like, in the film, there's the captain of the guard. Turns out he has a daughter, and uh, called Cassandra, who's just, um, to, b- to borrow an anime term, she's Sundere Af. <laughs> and uh, uh, and basically, Cassandra really doesn't like uh, Flynn because Flynn used to be a criminal. So they sort of have some really funny, sort of sarcastic banter, but also. Lynn decides, well, hey, like, now that I have all this free time and I'm basically going to be future king, what do I want to do with my life? And uh, so a sort of mini arc with him is that he decides to join the Royal Guard and uh, it's all done very interestingly. My favourite part of Tangled was the horse. Uh, y- yes, that, that was, there is the Maximus episode in season one, so that was really neat. Basically, there's this uh, there's this new horse in town who sort of struts his stuff and uh, acts like a real badass pimp. 
like to like literally uh, Maximus was going to propose to this one lady horse, but then this big black horse just struts right in and says, "Sub baby girl, what that booty do?" <laughs> Not really in those words, but you know you can tell in their eyes. <laughs> so yeah like and so basically eventually sort of like mm, maybe he's not maybe he's not everything he seems like that's and uh yeah it's all really interesting very flexible stuff yeah i would watch 10 seasons of that horse i'm not gonna lie i'm gonna watch i can watch 10 seasons of that horse yeah yeah maximus is in fact like I'm not sure if it's showing up, but well, it do, it doesn't always show up for some reason, which I don't know why. But uh, literally, my my what my my Zoom profile picture for when I turn off uh, my video is actually a picture of Maximus as well. I know that I can see it. Yes, thank God, because it doesn't always work. And what about the other Disney Plus shows that you were talking about, like? Uh, so yeah, the other one is um, Big Hero, uh, Big Hero Six, the show. Like, uh, have you seen the film Big Hero Six? I I have seen it and I love it. Yeah, like yeah, like it's pretty. Like again, Big Hero Six, pretty good. Um, you know, superhero film with all the right beats, and sort of it gets better in the show because they give you more time to flesh out the characters and uh, do a lot of really fun, interesting stuff. Like, uh, one of my favorite elements is the storyline, or sort of the ongoing storyline, with this new villain called Globby, who basically starts off as this really useless, ineffectual, or inept, really bad at his job thief, which is ironic because he doesn't technically have a job because he's a thief, but basically he can't even do that right. But then uh, situations align wherein he becomes basically the blob, but only like, like more like a shape-shifting version of the blob, and uh, sort of interestingly showing his like rise to power in a weird way and a sort of absolute power corrupts absolutely wow so we've spoken about a lot of interesting things today Mm -hmm. thanks for coming steph i had a great time i hope you did too yeah it, it was great so yeah nice talking and shout out to all our listeners in Ohio. We don't know who y'all are, but you listen to us so much and we love you, all of us. Mm. Uh, and also, if you're listening to this in the morning, um, as the Japanese say, Ohio. <laughs> yes, that means good morning. Yeah, I love the wordplay, Steph. I'll see you soon, Steph. Yeah, take care. Yeah, you too. <laughs>